Well, fall is in the air, and it's the perfect time to visit hot springs. If you're in Taipei, Beitou is a good place to go. From October 27th to the end of the month, resorts in the area will be offering a variety of discounts as part of the Taipei Hot Spring Festival. After two years of no international tourism due to COVID, resorts say they are finally receiving bookings from foreign visitors. However, they believe it won't be for another six months that businesses returns to pre-pandemic levels. Let's hear from some businesses. Right now, it's looking like business in November will only be about 20% of what it was before. Of course, this is at least a bit of an improvement. I'm confident that next year, half a year from now, we can bounce back to 80%. With the border closed over the past two years, most of our guests were Taiwan residents. Now we're gradually seeing travel agencies asking about organizing itineraries for tourists. Due to the lack of international tourism, business was down by 50% or 60%. Many resorts did renovations and revamped their facilities. We can first get the Taiwanese to visit hot springs here, and then arrange trips to Japan. One hot spring resort has put out a 45% discount for a package with two meals included for every night. Another has slashed admission prices for its public bathing pools by 60% in hopes of attracting locals to take a dip and relax. As local elections draw close, campaigns for local candidates are in full swing. And across the country, there are campaign headquarters of all shapes and sizes. Today, we visit two of the most charming campaign hubs in the country. One is an anime-themed hub in Ringling's Lingnei Township. It must be the only local election hub in Taiwan that draws admiration from preschoolers. And the other hub is that of a Yunlin County Council candidate that is based in a local historical hotspot. A classic cartoon character comes to Linney Township in Yunlin. These kindergartners are here to say hello. Colorful drawings inside the bus draw admiring gasps. This anime-themed wonderland is the campaign headquarters for a township chief candidate. But its unique decor makes it a destination for kindergarten day trips. I'm sure everyone has already heard about it, so you can see lots of kids come here. They take photos and share them. This is the most creative headquarters, and it's perfect for parents and children to visit together. Meanwhile, in Douliu City, we found a special campaign headquarters, nestled among flowers and surrounded by birdsong. It doesn't fit the stereotypes of a political hub. This county council candidate took a moment to explain the history of the charming old building. This is a shared memory for all old Douliu residents. In the past, it housed the general welfare service of the Ministry of National Defense, as well as other government agencies. So we have many beautiful memories here, and we're very honored by its past. These unusual campaign HQs are definitely worth a visit for any local politics buff. Tiger Air Taiwan will send its staff to assist with ground control operations at Japanese airports after labor shortages in the country have resulted in flight cancellations. The airline says flights to airports of smaller cities have been hit the hardest. 
It adds that flights to destinations such as Tokyo and Osaka have not been affected by the labor shortages. Moving forward, it plans to increase the number of flights to Japan starting January 2023. The Japanese yen is at its most affordable for Taiwan in 32 years, having dropped to 4.66 yen to the new Taiwan dollar. That means exchanging 100,000 NT for a trip to Japan can give travelers an equivalent of at least 20,000 NT more compared with the yen's lowest point last year. In addition, many airlines have launched discount flights to Japan, but buyers say the cheap flights are but a lie. Welcome on board. Internet users have flooded a recent promotional video by Tiger Air Taiwan with comments saying that their flights have been repeatedly cancelled. What we've been seeing is that on the front of quarantine rules and customs, there is a limited amount of manpower. There is no comparison with how it was in the past. Tiger Air Taiwan Chair Kevin Chen says the flight rescheduling and cancellations have been caused by labor shortages at many Japanese airports. The labor shortages are especially severe at airports in smaller cities such as Asahikawa, Hakodate, Okayama, and Sendai, which currently have insufficient resources to receive international flights. To maintain its flights to Tokyo, Osaka, Okinawa, and Nuchitose, the airline has dispatched staff to Japan to assist with operations. We need about 30 members of staff to operate the station at Taoyuan International Airport. Tiger Air Taiwan reached an agreement with the ground operations agent in Japan so that Tiger Air Taiwan staff can assist with ground operations. Moving forward, we won't cut the number of flights, we will increase it. Tiger Air Taiwan says it will do all it can to rebook passengers and continue communicating with Japan to help with transport operations. EVA Air, China Airlines, and Starlux Airlines say that currently none of their flights to Japan are affected. The chair of the Taiwan Institute of Economic Research says he expects to see stagflation in global economies before the end of 2022. The economic warnings was issued by Wu Zhongshu in light of increasing interest rates and high unemployment in many countries. Stagflation is defined as a combination of a recession and inflation. It's been seen as a macroeconomic challenge. However, prominent Taiwanese business people, including CNAIC Director General Thomas Wu, disagreed with the gloomy forecast. So far this year, global economic growth is going from bad to worse. Forecasts right now predict that interest rates will continue to increase for a time. The U.S. Federal Reserve has already increased interest rates by three percentage points this year, an attempt to rein in runaway inflation. The Russian invasion of Ukraine has exacerbated a slowdown of economic growth worldwide. Tier Chief Wu Zhongshu says stagflation could be underway before the year is out. Institutions worldwide have been underestimating inflation for more than a year now. They've been upgrading their estimations of inflation every month. In the fourth quarter 2022 and first quarter 2023, some countries may face stagflation. Many economists are pessimistic, but CNAIC Director General Thomas Wu says businesses are in good shape and the economy will rebound in the second half of 2023. 
The cross-strait situation is nonetheless a big factor, he says. Many businesses hope cross-strait relations will soon return to normality. President Tsai's National Day speech spelled it out clearly, the military route is not an option for us. Of course, naturally, we are absolutely hoping and expecting to maintain peace. We can communicate more using the power of private industry and business groups. I think that's something we can do and should do. Wu also revealed that Third Wednesday Club Director General Ling Bofeng is planning a visit to China by a group of Taiwanese business people. Members of CNAIC are invited to take part, but details of the project are still unclear. Taiwan shares continued on their downward trend on Wednesday, despite a rebound in the U.S. stock market. TSMC opened low and continued to slide through the trading session. The tech giant's shares ended close down 11.5 NT at 393.5 NT, dipping under the 400 NT mark. Overall, the TIEX shed 147 points to close at 12,976 on turnover of 184 billion NT. But analysts say there is hope for a rebound in the coming months, with the approaching local elections and continued support of government funds. In addition, the fourth quarter is generally regarded as the peak earnings season, and the reopening of borders could further fuel growth in the market. Over in the foreign exchange market, the new Taiwan dollar continued depreciating to close above 32 to the U.S. dollar. Taipei MRT has brought high-tech agriculture into one of its busy city center stations. Visitors to Nanjing Fuxing Station can now buy high-tech veg grown within the station. The project is a collaboration with an agricultural tech company and aims to be an effort towards environmentally sustainable farming. They plan to grow 1,500 kilograms of food a year. Adults and children plant saplings into pots as a symbol of environmental sustainability. Taipei Rapid Transit Corporation has launched a new partnership with an electronics company, building a new smart agriculture exhibition on the basement level one of MRT Nanjing Fuxing Station. These rows of fresh vegetables have all been grown with high-tech methods. We're bringing agricultural tech into our daily lives, mostly it's vegetables, because our vegetable factory can produce them in high density so we can deploy them easily. What you see here today is mostly lettuce. By making agriculture a high-tech project, geographical and climatic limits can be excluded. This high-tech farming features automated mechanisms and LED light sources to maintain minute-to-minute control over growing conditions aiming to produce safe and toxin-free crops. This location can produce 1,500 kilograms of vegetables in one year. Our anticipated harvest should bring Taipei Rapid Transit Corporation annual profits of more than 600,000 NT. In the future, we will look for sustainable locations for expansion. Another high-tech partnership from Taipei MRT is this collab with an augmented reality company, bringing AR into the metro. Passengers scan a QR code to experience this virtual world of dinosaurs and deep-sea creatures. By offering vegetables for sale and AR recreational experiences, the metro is truly becoming a multi-purpose public space. 
A new show set in early 20th century Spain will kick off on a tour around Taiwan on October 22nd. Godot Theatre has produced a charity play showcasing the life of people after the Spanish flu pandemic. The aim is to raise funds for the Huashan Social Welfare Foundation's annual Lunar New Year banquet for low-income and disabled people. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a look. Actors take to the stage in this new production, Cooks, Flamenco, and My Love. The play is set in Seville in the early 20th century. The plot tells the story of how the city's mayor held a celebrity chef competition and a dance contest to restore the people's livelihoods after the Spanish flu pandemic. This is an annual production we created in the middle of the pandemic. We set it in Spain 100 years ago. At that time, the whole of Europe was ravaged by the pandemic, the Spanish flu, and was waiting for recovery. We compared it to the situation in Taiwan now. We also hope that, like the people in the play, we can find joy, hope, and daily life in a difficult environment so that life can move on. Luna the performance incorporates Spanish cuisine and flamenco dance. The aim is to encourage the audience to look forward to post-epidemic life and enjoy theater. James Chang, who became popular in the cooking show Stylish Man, the Chef, will be playing the chef in the play. This is his first stage performance. This is my first stage performance. After getting involved with this play and working with actors on stage, it made me like it more. The play is very unique. When we are competing and cooking on stage, there will be projections of real images on both sides. The images were taken during our rehearsals. Cook's Flamenco and My Love is a charity production by the Gato Theatre. Proceeds will go toward raising funds for the Huasen Social Welfare Foundation's annual Lunar New Year Banquet. Our services target older adults living alone, disabled people and older people with dementia. We provide free home services, mobilize volunteers to deliver meals to their homes, accompany them to seek medical treatment, collect medicine and clean up their environment. We have been holding the annual Lunar New Year banquet for 20 years. We are very grateful to partner with the Godot Theatre Company for this charity show. During the Lunar New Year, as long as the audience supports the Godot Theatre Company by buying tickets, they can help 30,000 older people living alone in Taiwan to have a warm new year. Organizers are calling on the public to get involved so that underprivileged people can also enjoy a hot Lunar New Year's meal. The show will kick off on a tour around Taiwan starting October 22nd and ending on December 18th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Lu Bochong in Taipei. As the Chinese Communist Party hardens its rhetoric of forced unification, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken warned of more imminent annexation of Taiwan. When questioned at a legislative hearing, Defense Minister Chiu Guozheng said the military has plans to counter China whether it decides to attack now or later. Also at the hearing, a lawmaker questioned whether the fitness level of Taiwan's military personnel can pass muster. 
While the Chinese Communist Party's 20th National Congress is still in progress, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has said that China may annex Taiwan, quote, on a much faster timeline. When questioned on Blinken's remarks, Minister of National Defense Chiu Guozheng said the military is always prepared to respond, regardless of China's timeline. The military is building its capacity and preparing for war. Whatever China decides to do next next second, we must respond. Whether China postpones or advances the timeline, we too have a corresponding plan. We're not indifferent. It's just that we must consider every move. Facing China's threats, Minister Chiu said the military is prepared to respond and defend itself when necessary. During a committee hearing session at the Legislative Yuan, KMT lawmaker Liao Wanru questioned the physique of Taiwan's military officers. She alleged that many high-level officers' body mass indexes are higher than the maximum allowed in the military. She then asked officers at the hearing with a BMI over 26 to stand up. The minister ordered attendants to not move. Starting next year, military officials will be required to maintain a BMI below 26 in their physical exams. Meanwhile, the upper BMI threshold for conscripts will be raised to 31. Liao says the changes could turn the military into a weight loss center. Also on Wednesday, the Air Force denied reports that the delivery of 66 F-16 fighter jets has been postponed. All the jets will be delivered by 2023. Other newly acquired arms and software enhancements in another three years. Missiles are due by 2026, while jets are due by 2023. The official said the plans are on schedule. He said the Air Force will have received its F-16 fighter jets as scheduled before 2023 and all other weapons by 2026. Controversy continues over Taipei's handling of flooding at riverside parks and parking lots on Sunday. A Taipei city councillor on Wednesday held a press conference alleging that the government had not given a reasonable time frame for drivers to move their vehicles from the riverside parks. The councillor, Jian Shupei, says the city closed road access to riverside parks at 4 p.m. on Sunday, which is when floodgates along surging rivers were closed. However, warning text messages were only sent five minutes before the closure or even long after there was anything drivers could do to remove their vehicles. Taipei City Councilor Jian Shupei appears exasperated at the end of a press conference as she vents about Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhou's response to the recent flooding in the capital. Reports say the organizers of the World Music Festival held in Dajia Riverside Park were left stranded after the city government closed the floodgates along surging rivers. Mariko has said that the damages from the flooding around city riverside parks can't be blamed on the city government. He says the hydraulic engineering office had sent warning messages to people registered on the system, alleging that all damage was caused by people ignoring the messages. The organizers received a notice at 5.20 p.m. saying that the floodgates were going to close. They were actually going to leave at 5.10 p.m. anyway. By then, there was no way out, as the floodgates had been closed since 4 p.m. Where is your conscience? 
Jem presented a screenshot of the text messages sent by the Taipei city government. One text received at 3.35 p.m. urges the user to evacuate the Riverside Park as the floodgates will soon close. A later message received at 4.31 p.m. says that the floodgates will close at 4 p.m. At 3.55, they say they are going to close the floodgates, and then five minutes later, at 4 p.m., they close them. Then, at 4.31 p.m., they send another text saying, I have five minutes. Is this the normal procedure, or is this a sign of a city government hungry for money at the expense of people's lives? The councillors say that according to Taipei's floodgate closure procedure, vehicles will start being towed from Riverside Parks two hours before the floodgates close. She asked Ko why that didn't happen this time round. Since 8 a.m. on Sunday, the floodgates were exit only. Why didn't the city government order its cranes to start pulling out vehicles? Why did it just leave them out there to get flooded? The councillor says Ko has yet to offer an apology for the flooding. She says that just like Ko said that citizens should take responsibility for their own property, the mayor should take responsibility for his words. Taiwan reported 44,601 local COVID cases on Wednesday as the BA5 subvariant continues to spread in Taiwan. Already, Moderna and Pfizer have submitted documentation on their next-generation COVID vaccines against the BA5 subvariant. The CECC says it could approve them for emergency use as early as next week. Once approval is granted, it will start scheduling imports with the vaccine makers. Let's hear from Victor Wang, the head of CECC. For BA5, both Moderna and Pfizer have submitted all required documents. So we have decided to convene next week for the emergency use authorization of next-generation vaccines against BA5. If approved, we will schedule for shipment. According to Wang's earlier estimation, the first batch of these next-generation vaccines could be delivered as early as December. In related news, the CECC says people who opted for Medigen will be eligible to receive up to three doses of other vaccine branch. The announcement comes amid complaints that the Taiwanese vaccine brand is not recognized by Japan. The first additional dose can be administered at least four weeks from the previous dose. It can be followed by a second dose at least four weeks later and a third dose 12 weeks later.